Thanks for joining us. We just wanted to provide the following disclaimer. Many of our episodes were recorded prior to the start of the Screen Actors Guild and Writers Guild's ongoing labor dispute. We wanted to warn you, as there is a ban on promoting projects in podcasts currently for any striking actors, we totally support the ongoing labor action and both the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild in their dispute. We just wanted to make this clear, and once we have moved past those pre-recorded episodes, we will no longer continue to discuss ongoing or upcoming projects. Thank you for your time, and please enjoy the show. Is it a sandwich? Oh, is it a sandwich? If I called a hot dog a sandwich, do you think that you'd be fine with it? If not, then why? Let's bust this wide. Mary, Carrie, Kelly, Matt, oh my, is a sandwich? Well, let's decide. Hi, and welcome to a podcast that the Italian government have declared treasonous. Welcome to Order Up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Lock your doors, people. <laughs> we don't need the Italian government after <laughs> and, oh, and I am I'm half Italian via marriage, I guess. Like, with, I don't know if that would be half Italian. I, I got to be something because I'm 100% Irish. But really, I can't have the Italian government come after me. It's bad enough that I went to Olive Garden with my mother-in-law. What are you doing? Sorry, Olive Garden. I adore you. But for the Italians, hmm. No, I'm I'm a fan of the Olive Garden, too. Me, too. I'm also Kelly Simnikas, everyone. And welcome to episode four of season four of Order Up. I am joined, as always, by Carrie and Matthew. Um, we have talked about pizza so much already on this season. Um, have you been ordering pizza after each recording like me? Please say yes. <laughs> yeah. It's very Pavlovian for me. Someone says pizza, I must have the pizza. I think it made you forget to say you're with me. Oh my goodness, it did. <laughs> it's fine. Government. I blame the Olive Garden. <laughs> Mary Kennedy. Mary Kennedy is reporting live from Los Angeles. It's fine. Because oh, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Mary was hogging all the free salad and breadsticks. Oh, delicious. <laughs> Those are good. I can taste them now. I miss Olive Garden in Canada. We have to cross a border to get it. They could be our yep. sponsor. Be our sponsor. They could. They could. Um, oh. So, yes, it's the Italian government. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while we, while we think on that, friends, we'll give a good think about that. Um, Matt, as always, you provide us with copious, interesting factoids about pineapple and pizza this season. Uh, what 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 are your offerings for us today, friend? Okay, well, America does have a love affair with the pizza. The Italians created it, obviously, but Americans arguably perfected it. And it's such an important piece of their food culture. 350 slices of pizza are consumed every second what? in the United States. What? 300. And you know, I'm actually kind of shocked the number isn't higher personally, but uh, that does not surprise me in any way, shape or form wow. being a pizza head. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 350 slices of pizza every second in the U.S. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Mary, how much pizza would you say goes into your house each week? As our American. We family? order pizza once a week. Because I also don't cook. Mm. So it's my husband at the end of his rope going, I can't take it anymore. And then he orders. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so once a week and two pizzas we get two pizzas Mm. because of content uh because of quantity or because of toppings oh i'm i'm difficult oh okay (laughs) somehow that doesn't surprise (laughs) me now additionally some bonus facts here so the italians created it the americans perfected it but canada is the country that pushes the pizza envelope mm-hmm. quite literally. You know, Winnipeg's Paul Faraci brought us the pizza pocket and it was oh. Greek emigres to Canada who brought us the Picto County pizza with its distinctive brown sauce, as well as the Hawaiian pizza. That's right. The Hawaiian pizza or the Hawaiian style of t- uh, pizza with tomato sauce, ham and pineapple was created by a Greek Canadian uh, who invented it in, at the Satellite Restaurant in Chatham, Ontario. Hmm. Uh, his name is Sam Panopoulos, the owner of the Satellite in 1962. And on that day, he changed the pizza paradigm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Wise. A wise man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but don't you guys, I know you do, because my husband's family on his mother's side, which is Italian, is from Utica. There's a lot of people that emigrate into Canada from mm-hmm. New York and vice versa. So wouldn't the Canadian Italians go berserk? Well, I don't, I haven't taken a poll, but. <laughs> We have one of the largest Italian uh, neighborhoods in the world in Toronto. Um, like it's, it's up there to the point where it stood in for New York in that horrible Christian Hayden movie where it was supposed <laughs> oh. to be a, like a battle between two pizzerias and it was like a oh, vague a Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, it was I like vaguely it Romeo and Juliet yeah. and it was just bad. But, you know, I think they've. Like the thing is, if you go into Little Italy, it's all very traditional, you know, Neapolitan and like mm-hmm. the like the traditional pizzas. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think as long as you keep out of their neighborhood, they're not going to kick the crap out of you. Like, don't be bringing pineapple pizza from Pizza Pizza, you know, uh, up into the annex, and you're yeah. fine. <laughs> I'm working here. All right. Yeah. It's fine. Forget about it. Yeah. It almost makes pineapple, like Hawaiian style pizza, sound like something from an SCTV sketch. You know, just <laughs> Canadian, like, let's try this out. It's satire pizza. <laughs> satire pizza. Satire pizza. That sounds like a good name for an improv troupe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm writing it down. Carrie's writing yeah, it write down. down uh huh. It's going in the book. <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> this climate, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, friends. It is episode four of season four. It is time to order up. All right, Carrie, who yes. is our guest today? So today's special guest is a private chef, a culinary instructor, an author, and the host of the Cutting Edge Cooking Show from Scratch. 
He's a big personality. He's created the most innovative cooking show out there from making his own charcoal and hand forging his own knife to milking cows to make his own butter and cheese. He is the real deal. His private client list has included a star Boston Red Sox player, among many others. And as hosts of a food podcast, we are so honored to have him with us today. Please welcome Joe Gatto, Chef Joe. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. Yes. I've I've listened to you guys a lot, so I, I, I love the craziness. (laughs) We're so glad to have you. And you make oh, I'm I'm happy when I make like you know a sauce from scratch. You're doing charcoal and knives. Yeah, I got a screw loose. So (laughs) what really happened is I've just painted myself into a corner at this point, and um, there's no turning back. I've made a career out of it, so I'm I'm pot committed. I've never heard of anybody making their own charcoal. I mean, somebody has to make the charcoal when you think about it. I, but I literally never thought about that and never thought that was even a possibility. That's yeah, so cool. Yeah, it was really fun. That was actually one of the funner things we did on the show. I mean, everything we did on the show was really fun. Making knives was fun. We distilled rum. Wow. You know, and I still at the house with the kids, we grind our own flour. We oh just, I really enjoy that part of it because – you know, I love a great meal and being a private chef, I, I used to be, I used to private chef a lot more and like I did, I had a Red Sox player, a Celtics player. I've moved more into the TV. I'm in development with uh, two new shows right now. Oh, good. But the, I love that aspect of knowing where your food comes from the core and mm-hmm. it became even more of a journey for me where it was beyond just the food and what you're putting in your mouth, you know, because I have this real connection with food because it connects me with other people and food has a way of trouncing everything to connect people. It it doesn't matter. Religion, Mm -hmm. politics, language. When you put a meal in front of somebody that you've made, you're sharing yourself with them and your heritage and your culture. And we go down to Mexico, we have a place in Tulum and my kids eat off the taco carts and mm-hmm. that makes me really happy because they weren't <laughs> eating the dinosaur-shaped nuggets. You know, there's nothing <laughs> yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. But I fought really hard for them to expand their palate because it wasn't just mm-hmm. about them eating great food. When we go down and someone hands them a taco off that taco cart, that is the culture. Right. That has a long history from not just not just their family that's sharing the taco, the lineage of that food and where it came from and the different stops it's made from the across the world to come there to make mm-hmm. that dish. And it's an amalgamation of a lot of other dishes. I love that part of it. So yeah. once I started digging in, it wasn't just like grinding the flour to make the bread. It became, I started learning about different cultures and why they did it that way and why they didn't have a choice or how they figured it out, how right. masa and nixtamalization happened. And it just, the journey just never ends. And mm-hmm. I'm learning every day and I have such a blast doing it. And I try to just inspire people. You know, that's, that's like one of my big things is just inspire people. I, I actually just made sushi okay. on my NPR show today, live on mm-hmm. air. Wow. And we wow. It and everything else, because I wanted people to know that in 15 minutes, you know, you can bang on some pretty decent sushi. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Now, I've got to ask Joe, uh, or Chef Joe, um, 
were like did you grow up in a very foodie family were your parents like really into the kitchen or grandparents oh no my father was the most horrible cook ever (laughs) (laughs) oh god no he used to judge when food was done when like the smoke alarm would go off he was he was terrible i thought that i thought sausage should be charcoal when i was until i was like 16 he would cook it all the way through, that butterfly it, and cook it more. You know, I, I thought if you didn't have black specks in your teeth, you weren't. It wasn't done right. But my mom is a really fantastic home cook, and I grew up on the counter with her, like sifting, chopping, and we'd have the thirteen-inch black and white going with Jacques Pepin mm-hmm. and Julie Childs, who I actually met a couple times. Cool! And, wow! Nice! And, you know, that's that was like my culinary school. And I just really learned my mom would do everything, you know, we'd made everything homemade Mm -hmm. and it became Mm -hmm. such a connection and a relationship builder. She ended up in my show and my book. And now my kids do that with me and they go on my shows and they come and do events with me and they teach their friends how to cook. I, I think everything that I found in food with people has really been passed down Mm -hmm. their fear of it, their love of it. They're, you know, just how adventurous they'll be. It really starts at the house. So we really wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that we were exploring all angles of it because my mom definitely introduced me into the homemade part of it. She wasn't an adventurous eater, still isn't. Mm-hmm. And I won't even mention that she doesn't eat her vegetables. Um, <laughs> but, right, right. We'll just keep that on the DL. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I grew up on the counter doing that. And then it just grew from there. I, I started getting bigger jobs with it. And my mom had right. me doing more. And then I just found a real knack for it. Amazing. That's awesome. Amazing. All right. So we're going to put all those cool accolades aside, the amazing people you've met, uh, put it on the shelf for a hot second and ask you five ridiculously difficult questions. <laughs> I, can't wait. I can't wait. Should I stretch or... <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Here we go. Question number one. Um, what are your must-have pizza toppings? Must-have pizza toppings. Okay, I'm a pizza freak. I do. <laughs> I teach a pizza like master's class. Oh. So I, I do this like three-day, 72-hour dough. Like the whole deal, I grab my own flour. Like there's the pizza is something that's like I'm obsessed with. Um, nice. And in my class, I pull fresh mozzarella to show <gasps> people how to do that. So for me, a must-have topping is fresh pulled mozz. Wow. And a little a little hint to your audience: never cook your pizza sauce if you do. Never. Oh. It's the worst thing you can do. Oh. oh. Aside huh. from not making your own dough, that's 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 right. That's the cardinal sin, right? Gosh. If, if you're cooking your pizza sauce, you're making a huge mistake. Okay, wait. Because I have you a question. Really use the best tomatoes, mm. right? And you want them fresh. The whole idea right. is that pizza, just like any great relationship or anything like that, is balance, right? Yeah. So you have that beautiful crust that you've taken 72 hours, right? It gets that leoparded mm. bottom because you're cooking it the right way. So it's crunchy, chewy. Mm. Then you have that creamy mozzarella on top. And what do you need in the middle? You need that bright acid, right? That right. bite, that freshness. Mm. Now, if you're taking your sauce and you're cooking it, 
you're bringing all that homogenizing and it becomes very one note. And now mm. not only that, you're putting it in the oven and cooking it a second time. Right. Mm-hmm. So not only have you cooked every all the freshness out of it, not, you've done it twice. So now it's mm-hmm. not even part of it. It's just things that it's just making things stick to it. Right. But if you keep those great tomatoes and you don't cook it and it finishes, you know, you're doing four or five minutes in a nice five, 550 oven using like a baking mm-hmm. steel, not a baking stone. The stone's probably the worst thing you could cook it. Oh, with. okay. You really? want to use steel. Oh, yeah, because um, stone drops temperature when you put something on and it has to recover. And that's the oh. worst thing for caramelization and the Maillard reaction to happen. But if you use steel, which doesn't drop temperature, you immediately get the leoparding on the bottom. You get oven spring, so you get chewy and crunchy. Whereas a stone, mm. I don't know how they fooled people and sold the stone as being something. Someone's good. throwing out her pizza stone yeah. after this. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> the baking steel. Steel is the best thing you can cook on. You can crank it up to like nine hundred degrees if you want it. I put it on my grill, sear steaks. Wow. So yeah, I would definitely say mozzarella, fresh pulled with some basil, just some fresh mm. basil all day. And then if I, if you put a gun to my head, give me, give me pepperoni. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing. Agreed. Gotcha. Oh so, man. Oh, can I ask a quick question about this, this three day dough? Does that mean if we want pizza with you, we have to wait for three days to have it? <laughs> See, I've already thought this through. Okay. Because I already have one in the freezer ready to go. Ah, okay, there we go. Okay, I already have one rising right now in my kitchen. Because you don't want the pizza moment to like disappear, and then it's three days yeah. later. I, anyway, that's amazing. I have three kids, so I'm under constant pressure for for dough. <laughs> the, the whole idea, right, is if if you're doing it, that fermentation happens for three days: one day on the counter, two days in the fridge. Wow. You're using a high protein flour, so you develop gluten. Right. And it has more water in it because it's a stickier dough. So when it hits that steel, right, what do we want? Those big bubbles, right? Yeah, that yeah, you yeah. see in the crust. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a dough that doesn't have high protein flour, no gluten, collapse. Mm-hmm. Right. But if we get that great steel going, the water immediately turns to steam. You get that big bubble and it holds shape and you get that crunchy dough. Oh, that, that sounds so good. Oh. <laughs> with tons of flavor because it's been fermenting for three days yeah. oh, that sounds amazing listeners at home I, I, Matt I saw on your monitor there you were rubbing your hands just like, just like <laughs> <laughs> he had steamy fingers he had steamy right. fingers he was yeah. like, yeah. I, I felt like the, the evil Bond villain was going to start this second you know? <laughs> alright uh, question number two uh, should you trust somebody <laughs> That's not like pizza. Oh, should you trust someone that doesn't like pizza? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Report those people. Mm-hmm. Turn them in. <laughs> I mean, anything you have to do. Definitely don't don't share time. No, no. 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 I'm, I'm a hard pass on that person. I, I think we're all in agreement on we that agree. one. Yeah, we definitely agree. Like someone said, well, Mother Teresa didn't like pizza. I'm like, well, okay. Well, we're not friends with her either. That's fine. That's fine. Smite me, God. Smite me. I will die on this hill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Question number three. Uh, where was the best pizza you ever ate? What's the location? Tell us all about it. When can we go? Jeez, you know... 
<laughs> in all honesty, I can't even remember the last time we got pizza out. Um, <sighs> this is a conundrum. I can't. I mean, like five years ago, we were in New York, but I can't remember the name of the place. It was good. Um, yeah, we make the pizza we make here is kick ass. Mm-hmm. That's so I mean, cool. Your address in the DM. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by, I'll, I'll throw down with a Pepsi challenge against anybody. So um, I can't. I can't think of the last time. I know that sounds like the most pretentious answer of all time, no, but like, so. seriously, I, I make, I teach pizza like once or twice a week to, you know, 30, 40 people wow. at a time in Boston. So yeah. um, I always have dough. And if we're, we're making calzones, that's what I pack for the kids' lunches. So it's mm-hmm. always around. Yeah. I mean, if you can oh. make it fresh, mm at yeah. home mm-hmm. right. why would you order it from a store like, right that makes sense yeah. you're gonna yeah. get it from the store yeah. and i'm gonna be like eh. yeah you know like and one of the yeah. things that i tell people is you can order a pizza and it will be good yeah but when you make pizza with your kids at home and they do the toppings you're not even not only building a meal you're building a memory mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my kids love doing that they they know not to use a rolling pin you know they they have they've been taught and just disciplined into seriously here yeah. <laughs> constantly exploiting my children to further my career that's okay I love it. I love it. Well, I think I think the uh, the uh, fake ban that I was put under from entering Boston after stalking New Kids on the Block in the nineties I think it's <laughs> over by now. Uh, so I think I can uh, come back. Oh, I did. I can see that happening. Oh, man. All right. Uh, so our next question, question number four. These are hard hitting. Yes. They, yeah. they are hard hitting. And we've got a little, little creativity here for you with uh, question number four. <laughs> we need wrong answers only. This is, of course, a line from a very famous song. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's a bummer. Blank. <laughs> that's a bummer. <laughs> right? That's like just a bummer for the rest of the night. You got like sauce in your eyes. Just yeah. like ass. Just throwing pizza at you. I have a lot of questions going on here. <laughs> Right. Soon this, this song will be banned as well, right? <laughs> Long as it's cold outside. It's the next baby, it's cold outside. Dean <laughs> <laughs> Martin singing, like, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's a bummer. Um, right? <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah, I can feel, I, I feel like that really it will works. play out. It does work. It right? does work. All right. Question like that one. That's a great question. <laughs> Muchly appreciated. All right, we're at question number five. Oh, um, this this question can split friendships, can divide people. Uh, it can wreak havoc. But Chef Joe, does pineapple belong on pizza? Oh yeah, I get this one a lot. I don't <laughs> care. Throw, if you like pineapple on the pizza, go for it. Like I'm a, if you want to put pineapple in your sushi. I, I don't care. I'm not yeah. eating it. It doesn't affect <laughs> me. Would I eat it? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe my son occasionally likes pineapple with the ham on his pizza. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Did I almost get rid of him? Yeah. <laughs> like, can't make another one. It's just like him. You have two others. That's why we have extras. Exactly. That's why we had three. We only wanted two. Right. So, you know. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I I don't care what people do. Mm -hmm. Because the way I always Mm -hmm. teach, I can, you know, because it's that word authentic, right? Mm -hmm. I find this opens up a can of worms. Because Mm -hmm. I I wrote just, I was writing because I'm always writing. But one of the things I started just kind of going down a rabbit hole, what is authentic? What mm-hmm. does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Because, okay, let's say it's authentic pizza and it's from Italy. Mm, did it start right there? Or mm-hmm. was that an amalgamation of other things that came together? Did they get their cheese from somewhere else? Did the sauce come in? Was it an idea, the tortilla, right? Like the taco. Mm-hmm. That, the tortilla didn't come from there. That, that was wheat, and then they only had corn. So that became the tortilla that we know, the corn tortilla, right? And then Tex-Mex, that's not authentic. Well, it is for that region right. because that's what they had. They had beef. So this whole idea of that, if you're not doing it, it's not authentic. Barbecue is another great example, right? It has to be authentic, right? According to North Carolina, theirs is authentic. <laughs> According to Texas, theirs is authentic. Right. Yeah. Right, so what is authentic? I, I feel like it's a term that's just thrown around, but any dish is going to, it's going to grow. It's going to be different. It, cultures are going to adopt it and they're going mm-hmm. to apply what they have. Let it be regional mm-hmm. ingredients or cooking techniques. And mm-hmm. then it becomes something else. That's the whole idea behind food is that we're sharing it and that it's right. that it grows and it becomes this long vine that touches mm-hmm. all cultures and brings them together. I just feel the minute you say that's not authentic, I feel mm-hmm. like that's a terrible way to approach something, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. what does authentic mean? It just, it means what this region's right. Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. this dish, them saying this dish is authentic only here. How can that be? Mm-hmm. Did it just appear? <laughs> It, it doesn't work like that, right? It, yeah. So I've just had this whole thing with authentic mm. and what it actually means because I feel like learn how they made it in the region that you're going for. If, you, if you're if you starting to make pizza, learn how it's made originally, right? And in like in Italy, if that's the version you want to go with. And then do with it what you want. Mm-hmm. Because it's yours. It should be. You should be able to customize it and make it special to you. Then it's your family's dish. Then mm-hmm. it grows from your heritage. And then it grows further as your kids take that and they twist it a little bit. But that memory is always there and it's always part of what your food, family food memories are. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just have this thing with authentic. I feel like people are trying to control mm-hmm. and I just have a problem yeah. with control. Yeah. This feels, and Matt, this feels like the Kaplansky. I was just going to say, it's like the Kaplansky yeah. defense of season one. That yeah. If Absolutely. the pineapple wants to be on the pizza, it can it be, on the, be pizza. on the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's the thing is like, you know, people, you know, talk about fusion food. And I mean, fusion food is really just what happened when any cuisine enters 
her region. It's like, you know, in Vietnam, mm-hmm. French cuisine was very popular because French colonizers came right. and right. lived there. And then an entire school of French cuisine right. developed right. with Vietnamese flavors and tastes and, and created the new stuff. The Bami, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So things like that. That's the, the collision, like you're saying, totally like the, that collision of cultures is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right. We want that. We want yeah. dishes to, I don't want the same dish everywhere. I want right. to, yeah. I want to see a, like in Mexico, you just go up the and down the coast and, and regionally it just, as you get down to like a walk Valley, like it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's all because what grows there. And, and exactly. I just love that because I feel like you're exploring more than just, like I was saying earlier, it almost harkens back to that point. You're exploring more than just food. You're you're exploring culture. And once you say, this is it, this is the real one, I'm Mm -hmm. going to have a problem with that. (laughs) It's like the restaurants that have the sign, the world's greatest. Yeah. (laughs) How many people have the world's greatest? (laughs) Right? Right? Only one person can really hold that title. And, you know, if you go to New York, there's at least 62 places that have the world's greatest cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm thinking the world's greatest pizza, though, is over at Chef Joe's house, though. That sounds I think It sounds like a delicious. might be on yeah. something there. I'm not going <laughs> to say no. <laughs> I, I do have world's greatest dad shirt, so I don't know that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> The world's greatest dad is making the pizza that makes it by the transitive properties, the world's greatest pizza. I I love that line of thinking. Can I I be on this podcast more? Sure. I'd love to get you and Zane on an episode just Zen out on like food. That would be something. Anytime. Zenest episode ever. Also, Chef, you're like, I don't know how many times Pepsi has been mentioned on this season already of what we've recorded. I feel like we're going to have to do a, a, a Pepsi episode coming up. It's weird. How many people have said Pepsi and pizza? A, a, a bunch. Yeah. It's weird. I, think, I guess they go hand in hand. I, yeah. I, I never, when I, I mean, I haven't drank soda in a long time, but when I did, I drank Coke when I was a kid. We, we didn't drink See, Pepsi. I was a Pepsi girl. Oh, see, we look we look down on Pepsi. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm perfect. You're Quebecois. You're from from, from Quebec. Quebec. Yeah. Oh. Le Pepsi, yeah. Le Pepsi. Drink le Pepsi. We drink a le Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the old thing? <laughs> we drink the Pepsi. We drink the Coke. <laughs> oh I haven't had a Pepsi in a. My sister used to sweat Pepsi, though. <laughs> she, used to, she used to just drink gallons of that thing. Oh, wow. Me too. Yeah. I, I I may have been a friend of your sister's in a past. <laughs> yeah. All I know is that, like, you can put, like, a rusty tire and pour Pepsi over it, and it takes the rust off. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. It's fantastic for cleaning rust. I can't. Yeah. I can't be good. <laughs> That can't be good for you. You know what? That's so terrifying, right? I'm gonna add in. I'm gonna throw in another bonus weird food fact. A Wonder Bread, if you wet it, is very good for cleaning paint off walls. What? Jesus. 
Are you kidding me? Things, man. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. I mean, at you least with like, it co- it's oh, fantastic. Yeah. At, at least with colas, because of the acidity there the, and the sweetness, it makes for when you're you can use them as a baking and or cooking ingredient yes. for sauces and things or mm-hmm. i've like there's used to be coca-cola cakes in the 50s mm-hmm. um my grandmother would make a seven up cake mm-hmm. so they make for an interesting ingredient but on their own they're terrible for you <laughs> they will kill you i feel like it's like aliens are just like sending this stuff down and they're like well they won't they won't drink this shit oh wow holy crap they did they they're actually they want more of it oh my god god break out the dr pepper (laughs) you can use like mountain dew as a nightlight (laughs) i haven't heard that one no that's a new one that's a new one Oh my but god, it's that's believable. Funny. That's, yeah, that's I, the thing. I was literally gonna be like, kids, we're getting Mountain Dew tonight. I'd <laughs> be like, what? You're getting soda. Well, uh, Chef Joe, uh, where can friends find you? What is coming up uh on the schedule? Tell us socials. Oh on. yeah. Um if you wanna find anything about me, you can mm-hmm. everything funnels through my Instagram at Chef Joe Gatto. So if you want to get my book, you can get it from there. If you want to watch my TV show, you can go there. If you want to listen to me on NPR, you can go there. Pretty much everything. I have tons of videos up of things we do at the house from making chocolate from scratch, from like the cacao pod with my daughter. Um, I just did a couple things where I made knives from scratch with a master knife maker in Cambridge, doing barbecue with one of the master smokers out here, doing... Lots of fun stuff. So my my so the Instagram's super super active. I was a filmmaker for before I was a chef. So you can find me on IMDb as well. That's what I did. I wrote and directed. That's how I met my wife. She came on as a producer on a film I was directing. This is cool. so nice. Yeah, I love ending on a happy ending. And then it was like our third date and she was like, we should go out to eat. And I was like, or you could just come over and I'll make dinner. Bam. Three kids. later. (laughs) There you go. Well, this was an absolute delight. Thank you so much for coming on chef. And I'm so uh, glad you guys had me on. You guys are the best. Thank you. Hi, I'm here today with Sophie. Sophie, how old are you? I am going to be 17 in July. Awesome. Where are you from? Penticton, British Columbia. Excellent. So what's your favorite pizza topping? Mm, pineapple. Well, that actually answers the second question. Do you think pineapple belongs on pizza? Yes, but not canned pineapple. Oh, okay. Why? Why do you feel that way? It doesn't have a good texture. It's kind of mushy and wet. Awesome. All right. Thanks very much, Sophie. Okay. Order Up is hosted and produced by Matt Ardill, Mary Kennedy, Larry Hayne, Kelly Zemeckis, and original music is by Rebecca McDonald.